Hello and welcome to the latest in a series of podcasts we're putting out as part of the student stage of Penner Education. I'm Una Venermo and I'm Senior Client Partner at Penner and today we're joined by Sarah Messenger who is an Account Director at Educations.com. Hello. Hi, morning. How are you doing? I'm good, you okay? Yeah, I'm good. What's, uh, what's life like in Sweden? Oh my goodness, honestly, it's just, uh, the sun has come out today, thank God. It's time we've gone back to winter. Really? Have you got more snow? We had some, it didn't settle though, thankfully. Oh, that's good. It's free. Unnecessary, it's meant to be spring. Yeah. I know, but thankfully blue sky today. But on good. And it was horrible, it was honestly like minus four. Oh, no. how's it for you over there it must be nice now being out yeah little... much much nicer actually getting there getting there still cold in the mornings but it's yeah it's not it's not minus four and snowing so oh, I, know. I saw you had like 18 or something the other day and everyone was like lovely scorcher scorcher mm-hmm. yeah yes. um so thanks for joining this do you want to just give a bit of a lowdown on who you are what you do yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, really excited. Something new to do. Always happy to do new things. So I'm part of Education's Media Group and I work on our global platform, educations.com. Mm-hmm. I'm working with universities in the UK to support them with their international student recruitment. And the great thing about that is every university is different. They all have different goals and strategies. So it's really exciting to support them and you know learn what they're kind of outreach is going to be and, and obviously help them connect with international students and support them in enrollment so that's it and so you work with UK universities but Education's Media Group have clients across the globe right? Yeah so we have a team who works with universities all around the world but luckily for me I get to work from home to home with UK universities so under our umbrella we have lots of uh, different sites domestic but educations.com is our global yeah and I guess that's quite good because you can then to kind of cross collaborate with different team members around how each market is behaving mm, so you might just get some really good insights and I guess that's something like a really good point to start off this uh, little little podcast and sort of three things that we think universities especially in the UK need to be doing in in COVID times but um, do you work with any Australian institutions do you know? So we do, um, we do have some on our site. We do actually work with uh, Monash is one of them, who is actually oh, yeah. university. So um, they actually do very well. Lots of interest from international students. Mm-hmm. See with um, the current situation, it's a bit harder uh, for travel and visas. So they're probably seeing a bit of an impact. But in general, like the interest is still there from students. I think that's kind of uh, the one of the most exciting things to see is that it's still a strong desire. Yeah, well, that's it. I read an article that said in the last year, um, Australian international student enrolments dropped by 99% between 2019 and 2020. And it's interesting to hear that that's not because the appetite is any less, but because the border control is just so strict in Australia yes. that students weren't physically allowed to arrive. Mm. So is that what's reflected kind of on your news as well? That is the challenge that they're facing because the interest is still there. It's just kind of having to look at maybe a year later or so they're just deferring. The yeah. It's definitely key. Like I said, one of the most popular universities um, on the site for sure. It's always interesting, I think, because the Australian market are feel a few years ahead of the 
UK one. So one of the key things that we're kind of wanting to talk about in in this podcast is about establishing a digital brand presence, yeah. as well as the empathetic messaging and, and then thinking about longer term and seizing the opportunities. So what would you say establishing a digital brand presence looks like for UK institutions at the moment? So, I mean, as you know, education is competitive and digital has always been a key channel. Mm-hmm. Probably more now than ever in the last 12 months, for sure. You know, digital helps build brand awareness. It's going to give you that visibility. But, of course, the main goal is to help actually connect with an international prospective student. I would say that actually in the last 12 months, UK universities have probably utilised more channels with their brand awareness and digital presence. So it's just kind of then moving on from that and how are you, how are they then appearing more front of mind? You know, because obviously everybody's going to be online. So for me, it's actually finding what's going to give you that front of mind for students and, and adapting more on that digital presence. Absolutely. So if we're thinking of all those in-country visits that haven't happened in 12 months and they're looking very unlikely to be happening this year again so we're essentially missing out on two years worth of in-country fairs so how do you take a in-country event or a physical event and try and replicate that success online yeah it's a really good question and actually something that we have been looking at and doing so we we're very much about um, you know, understanding our audience, either students, we're always looking at, you know, what they're looking for, what's going to support them. So we hosted two um, digital fairs, uh, one in the fall and just recently in spring. And it's actually trying to find those students, what they're looking for if they do attend a fair. And the good thing is actually when they're attending, they just want as much information as possible. They still want to engage. So it's, it's the factors of what's actually going to bring them into that fair. So the fair that uh, we hosted um, was, of course, an online fair that you would be at if you would actually attend it in person. Yeah. You know, students are going to those because they need information on admissions, visas, accommodation. They want to know about scholarships and also job opportunities, because, of course, if they're going to, where is it going to lead them for their future? So because it wasn't accessible to attend, they were attending online affairs to still find that information because it had eliminated that opportunity to travel so by giving them the information that they were looking for which was a lot um it seemed to still actually bring them in online that's really encouraging to hear actually and do you think there's an element of maybe people coming to these fairs who previously might not have made it because you can log on from anywhere in the world so do you think that actually there's a much larger reach than perhaps there was before I mean, some of the survey that we did when we were actually, um, you know, finding out what students wanted from fair, a lot of them hadn't attended a fair before. So, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, so it gives them that opportunity to then go find that information. Maybe they wouldn't have had the budget to travel anyway. So it's um, actually reaching a different part of the market that couldn't have attended a fair before. So unless obviously it's in their area, but they can access so many different universities because they're all in that one place too. So it's... Uh, and actually, one thing that we did with the fair that we thought was really positive is we had student ambassadors. When I, oh, yeah. when I was 17, you know, would I have had the confidence to reach out and speak to somebody and ask those questions? So we've actually said that by having somebody 
who has the inside information of that institute and student ambassador, it really helps them connect and bring them towards, um, you know, asking those questions that they may not have done. And where did you get those student ambassadors from? So from universities that actually attended. So Got it. gives them the opportunity for anybody that was um, attending, they could invite student ambassadors to be with them. And I think that's, you've touched on something really interesting there that leads on quite nice to the empathetic messaging part, because, you know, we, there's, there's a bit of a reluctance, I think, sometimes for universities to address the problem um, or the big challenge that we have. And, and naturally, COVID is going to impact how international students are studying in the UK. And that has been a tumultuous 12 months. And it looks to be, you know, even more so now that the vaccine and the concept of vaccine passports is, is flying around. Um, Although quite positively, I read an article that said they, uh, they there was a survey conducted of prospective international students, and it was found that the UK is actually now a more attractive option than 12 months ago to international students because of the vaccination program and how well the UK is doing with it. So, when we're talking about empathetic messaging, um, I think it's quite interesting that you have those student ambassadors at a fair who can then quite honestly say what the experience is actually like. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're talking to uh, your clients and saying, this is the kind of messaging we should run, what's the right balance between having an ambassador versus having something you know, a bit more formal in inverted commas? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know whether there's like having informal, but I think it's important that they have the option to interact how they want to. Um, So if that's with the university directly and they feel confident to do that, then they should. Um, But like I said, having the student ambassador, I think is definitely gives that student a more comfortable approach to do so. Mm -hmm. That we've actually done recently is um, we're now working with university because we're seeing that peer-to-peer communication is such a key factor when Mm -hmm. you study abroad. So, for example, when we have like a university list on site with a profile, they have that interaction to uh, contact the school directly, ask the questions, and there's a bit of information about them. And there's also the section to interact with that student and go through that way. And then they can nurture that lead and, and speak to them and they can pass on all that messaging. So it's still going to go back to the university, but in a more comfortable way for that student. I think as long as students can feel free to reach out how they want. I think that's really important. So not yeah. have a support is um, definitely going to help encourage them to interact with you. So it doesn't mean it's right or wrong that you don't have student ambassadors. It's just from, again, understanding the audience that how they feel is the best way to interact with them. So it's given... Yeah, I think you're absolutely right because uh, there is something quite daunting about landing on a university's website cold and you don't even know where you know let's say Durham might be as a town you've never heard of that place and then you're faced with a data capture form with 20 different fields and you can't get anywhere off from that page until you've given over your date of birth weight and your favorite color so that, that I think is a good it's a good start isn't it to encourage that sort of very natural dialogue Um, And I know that you conduct some surveys, don't you, with your students around what it is that has 
been a key concern for them around COVID. So do you have further, further insight on that? So you mean just in terms of them like being able to connect with the university from what's happened? Yeah, that's it. So, I mean, yeah, from the surveys, um, like I said, you know, we find that straight away the desire to study is still there. But I think it's more about um, the, the students, like mental health survey, actually. Obviously, it's still a really big, um, it is a really big topic. But we found last year it was being highlighted more um, that, you know, students actually wanted support. So I think it's just they are looking and evaluating like services student, uh, universities are offering to students. So that's the same through whether it is anything to do with mental health or whether it's due to um, COVID. It's just having a channel where they feel that they've got a safe and supportive environment. So sharing a lot of messaging last year was about mental health and um, you know, students went through a tough time of not being able to socially interact. So giving them that support from the university it was of course a bit more online last year because they weren't in campus, but showing that that university had that support and that message for them through difficult times, whether it be or, or mental health. And I think the two feel so quite intertwined in the past 12 months, don't they? Mm -hmm. um, it's been a really tricky one. And it, so it, I think there's something to be said there around not just having the information available on your website for those searching for it, but actually being a bit bolder and being a bit braver and actively going to market with a campaign around the that support network. Yeah. That's it. And I think, yeah, for those universities that take the plunge to do that and to create that sort of digital safe space in line in replacement of anything in person then i think those people will they'll really benefit from that 100 agree definitely and in terms of the fairs because i think the fairs are quite a an another interesting jumping point to to discuss sort of thinking about longer term and seizing opportunities so we touched on earlier about saying there's lots of people who attended these digital fairs who'd never even attended a in-person fair and whether that was because they physically didn't have the time or resource to travel to the fairs within a specific market but you know is there an opportunity here to perhaps tap into new markets as well so i think digital is um the biggest benefit is that you can go to all markets you know you can reach everybody in all the globe when in terms of um, new markets, I think that I've seen over the last 12 months, I mean, this is just from how we see in terms of trend, is that, of course, you know, universities always want to try and uh, build their presence in different markets. But when you're maybe adapting on to it's, it's actually focusing on where you already are, because mm -hmm. it's a challenge over the last 12 months anyway, that it's actually looking at who's already kind of interacting with you and who you're converting from those markets because universities who only focused on certain regions may have seen a bigger impact last year because they didn't have maybe a round enough diverse um, international student audience at their school. So if they're only focusing on a key market such as Asia and actually the impact for them to travel, get visas they, for this year and maybe the coming, they're going to see a bigger gap there. So, yes, it's important to look at new markets, but it could be just expanding um, not into specific markets to, to a global audience. So you've got presence in each market because 
if you're represented in all these key markets, then of course that's going to be able to help with your international recruitment and building brand awareness in key key areas instead of just one. That's it. I think we we get that a lot from clients who say they have a um, a quote over reliance on the Chinese market, which yes. is the biggest market for the student flow between between any countries. So. I think it was a fifth of all international students last year to the UK came from China and of course that's kind of where this whole pandemic originated from and there's not only been a, you know travel restrictions but unfortunately there are perceptions that perhaps certain countries are not welcoming to those students so again it's making sure isn't it that if you are tapping into new markets and the ones that you are well established in Yes. Put out those messages to say we are open, we are welcome, and um, or we are welcoming, and we we want students to come here, um, and we will look after you if you do. I think actually you hit it, uh, hit the nail on the head. That that is exactly what they're looking for. They just want to feel welcomed. They want to know that they're, you know, they're open to go wherever they feel that they, you know, are looking to explore to study. So that is really really important. Feeling welcomed is um, something that we see a lot. Yeah, I'm, we're exactly the same with the campaigns we run for clients that, you know, there are some markets that are quite concerned with scholarships or funding opportunities and others with rankings, but sort of one message that always resonates very well with an audience is the community feel and feeling like they are welcome there. So I would absolutely echo that. In terms of any new markets, any new trends that you've seen, over the last sort of 12, 13, 14 months? So it's not in terms of new markets, I would say it's trends. Something that we've seen, I mean, we have been, um, I think it was like that day in March last year where it all just went crazy, but even yeah. after it started growing, students are searching to study. They may just be, you know, they never always um, know where they want to study and it can take them time. So when uh, this peak has been happening, it could be for 2021, 22, 23. But the trend that we've actually been seeing is behaviour in, instead of actually new markets. Interesting. We work, um, when we have a profile listing on our site, which gives the university that visibility and they can connect with students, we have two interaction options. Um, one of them is, you know, they can contact the school and request information. And the other is clicking through to that programme page directly. Again, just from our data and um, asking how the students prefer to interact, we give them that option. But in the last year, we've actually seen that the interaction method is preferring to click through. They don't want to request information. They actually are coming through to your site and they're interacting on your on the university's own platform. So we've seen a really big shift in that interaction. Like I said, it's a benefit that we have too because they can decide how they feel comfortable to connect with that university. But clicking through is um, really, really um, grown. So that's why having things like a student ambassador on your site or listing, it's given them that option to uh, come through and find out. Obviously, last year we were thinking that they were clicking through because they obviously wanted to know, is this online? Is it going to be blended? They were looking for that support um, more direct. But it looks like this trend is still growing. Um, it's high in all markets that I'm seeing. So uh, just definitely something to think about if they're coming through to your site. You know, is your site actually easy to interact with? Mm -hmm. Information um, really quickly and easy. 
So, um, yeah, interesting user behaviour for sure. And that brings us or brings us so nicely to the first point that we made, which is about establishing a digital presence, which, you know, yes, you have to do these virtual fairs because actually there's great opportunities there to open up to a much wider audience and to facilitate uh, communications or conversations with a brand new audience. But of course, your website is just the hub of all knowledge, really, isn't it? So if that is the one and only way that students can truly get a feel for the life at X University, it's really got to be all singing or dancing and so many nuances. You know, most of the international markets that are very popular for UK institutions, such as India, are absolutely mobile first. So if you don't have a mobile responsive or mobile optimized, actually, website, you're really going to struggle to to kind of engage and retain that interest. And then, yeah, like you said, the, the interesting thing around student ambassadors and opening up that platform for a, a more of a casual dialogue as opposed to having large data capture forms that request all manner of information. Yeah, and it's not personable for that user coming to your site. They want to, you know, it comes back to feeling welcomed again. And can they see themselves being at this university? How are you standing out to them on your website? Are you ticking those boxes? They find in that information for support. You know, if it is, do they need to turn to somebody? Is it the student ambassador? All those things are being key role um, for students when they're definitely on your website and actually what you just said about mobile when we hosted our spring fair we found that more um, students attended on their mobile on that virtual fair and, and it's uh, just amazing that they were literally happy to log in on their mobile go around connect with everybody and they, that was their preferred method which is interesting because obviously when you and I are working we will sit at a desktop all day yeah. and we experience all of this on behalf of our clients or for our clients via desktop, but actually the end user is 100% mobile first. Oh, yeah. So that's something to really think about, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. But I think, um, you know, things that have happened in the last 12 months, it's still very positive. Um, students are looking to study. Um, obviously PG has, um, of course, maybe more of an impact because um, students do want to study abroad they want that that's part of their journey they want to experience that whereas UG that you know they're happy to start online because it's will end up on campus so it's great that universities have been so adaptable in the last 12 months and having that digital brand presence um, is definitely a way to support it critical absolutely critical so if you had to give sort of one key piece of advice to UK universities when thinking about engaging with prospective international students in this COVID world that I suspect will actually be in for a fair bit longer vaccine rates or you know aside what would that what would that be? For me I think um, you know everybody um, can have online presence Um, Mm -hmm. you, you kind of um, like I said, digital is always around beforehand. It, it's about how you're in front of mind for those students. Why are they going to pick you? Throughout with everybody that's listed on the site, what is going to make you stand out? And I think just from the data that we collect, it is it always comes back to being welcomed. It's about being personable. There's no point. Um, you know, I think you really need to nurture those leads and and like and 
give them that invitation to attend to you. If you're writing dear, uh, you know, their surname, you know, make it feel like when you're reaching out to them, you want them to come to your school, that you are sending them that message on a personal scale, you know, whether that, you know, and actually really identify how those students want to be contacted. I think, you know, there's so much automation and it's great with CRM and it definitely helps for time and resource for universities, but you can't take away that key communication and being on that level. And it's, I think you should identify how markets like to be contacted. Some actually like to be messaged on WhatsApp, some just want an email. So I think it's just, yeah, it's great. You can connect, but you can only really connect with them if you understand how you need to. So just sending out your message and, uh, yeah, just being on that level and seeing what they need. Oh, that's it. So the world is such a beautiful and diverse place that when you're thinking about a digital presence, one size definitely does not fit. No, definitely not. Fab. Well, thank you. That's a good takeaway, good point to end. So thank you, Sarah, so much for your time and for joining our Penna podcast. Really appreciate it. And hopefully everyone, thank you for listening. I'm sure there's lots to learn and lots of key takeaways there too. If you do want to find out more about Penner Education, please visit www.penneducation.co.uk.